I'm Captain Christy Giuseppe from WhatCopsWatch.com. You're listening to a podcast appearing on the Two Guys Talking Podcast Network. Scams are one of the most dangerous threats today, especially when it comes to our elders. As the number of victims and money taken continues to skyrocket, realize that there is hope. ScammerCast is your frontline battlefield for getting educated on the most recent scams, but also how to defend against them. Join us as we detail the processes, the traps, and the solutions to help us all hammer the scammer. Hammer the scammers. It's time for the ScammerCast. Here are your hosts, Curtis Bailey and Art Maines. Hi, this is Curtis Bailey, elder law attorney and your co-host here at ScammerCast.com. And this is Art Maines. I'm a licensed clinical social worker and the author of Scammed, Three Steps to Help Your Elder Parents and Yourself. And I'm Marty Gurley from the West Trust Company, and I'm your third co-host. We are so excited today to be joined by Faye Moore, who is going to be talking to all of us about how to recognize and prevent home repair scams and fraud. Exactly. And, you know, Faye, I used your book to do research for my own book because one of the final chapters in in my book is about how to recover after a home repair fraud. And mm-hmm. so I, I'm just such a fan of your work and all that you do. And uh, I'm excited that our listeners are going to get to hear from you directly about how to recognize some of the dirty tricks that's, that scammy contractors do and then how to keep yourself and your money safe as you do things with your house. So welcome, Faye. We're delighted to have you with us. Well, thank you so much for having me. And let me say kudos to you, too, for the work that you're doing as well. Um, I think it's, uh, you know, as we... As you and I both know, it's just such a big deal when a senior is victimized. I mean, it just kind of goes to your core. So I appreciate what you do as well. Well, thank you, Faye. And I know that you got into this whole field as a result of personal experience with your grandmother. And we were talking at breakfast this morning about how there seems to be a theme here that people get into this field in part because of personal experience with a loved one. It certainly happened for me with my stepfather, Bill, and it happened with you, with your grandmother, Addie, right? Tell us about that. Absolutely, and and she was victimized by a, a, a dishonest roofer, and that really pissed me off. And I said, I'm going to do everything I can to make sure it doesn't happen to anyone else. You know, it's amazing how many seniors are victimized every day and hear the stories, the phone calls that we get um, that constantly come in from seniors who have been victimized and don't know where to turn. And I figured it would be a good idea to start this organization so it doesn't happen to anyone else because I remember that look on my grandmother's face like they got me. And it burned in my soul. And I said, I'd never want to see that look on any other senior's face. And that's why we started the organization in 2006. And since then, we have educated over 250,000 homeowners. Faye, you mentioned that it was a roofing contractor that scammed your grandmother. And I'm wondering if you could give our listeners uh, a little more of the story of how the scam unfolded. Well, it basically was, you know, a simple one, two, three process. Uh, She saved up uh, money to get the roof repaired because it was leaking and we had pots in the floor and she was very poor and she saved up the money and the guy took the money and never came back to do the job. Was this a contractor that she contacted or did he solicit the business directly from her? I don't know uh, exactly because I was much younger, but my assumption is that she probably solicited the business from him. Were there red flags that that you saw in retrospect when you look back on it that maybe she missed or or didn't give enough attention to? Well, I think more often than not, the, the encounters that I have with other homeowners who have been victimized, I can have a better answer for you from experiencing a conversation and interaction with them. Um, This happened to my grandmother when I was younger, and so all I remember was that she was ripped off, and I remember that look on her face. And, you know, beyond that, I don't know the particulars because I was much younger. And she didn't share that information with us. I think that was mostly because she was a proud woman. 
And the embarrassment is such a big factor. That look that you're talking about is probably the same look that I saw on Bill's face when he realized that he had gotten ripped off by people that he thought were his friends. And there's a lot of shame and embarrassment connected with getting victimized in this way. Yeah, you know, it's, a, it's probably a combination of shame, embarrassment, anger, exactly. uh, horror. I mean, the, the, the range of emotions that your grandmother must have just been incredible. Yeah, I I do remember that you know her demeanor was different. I mean, she it's it succumbed her to a certain degree. I mean, she she was really you know down about it, and we remember that because you know, she was mostly a very upbeat person, actually a very not necessarily aggressive, but a, certainly a strong woman. So it was it was noticeable, quite noticeable to us, you know, when this happened because it just changed her in your work. In this area, Faye, do you find that there's a sort of a breakdown between contractors who are actually going in person and aggressively soliciting the business versus the contractor who's not on the up and up, sort of like in your grandmother's situation where your grandmother actually reached out to hire somebody and then the contractor didn't follow through? We advise homeowners not to hire a contractor that comes to your door. That just is a red flag immediately. Now, it's no guarantee that he's a dishonest contractor, but more often than not, legitimate contractors are already so busy from the many referrals that they get that they don't have time to go knocking door to door. And especially when they go knocking door to door and they have a discount. I mean, that's when we say, okay, hang, hang on, put the brakes on. You really need to assess whether or not you want to deal with this contractor. And what I suggest is to find a contractor before you need him. So if something goes wrong, then you can just give him a call. You've already vetted him. You already have a relationship with him, and you know who he is, and he knows who you are. You know, I have a lot of elderly clients that I work with, and luckily – they will let me at least look over bids. We do require when I'm when I have a client that needs work done that we get three bids. We'll look them over and everything. But what about somebody that doesn't have somebody to kind of help them look over their shoulder? How do they find a contractor? And particularly in smaller rural areas when there's not a lot of contractors to be found, I could see where it'd be easy for someone to jump at the guy that comes by the door because it's convenient. So you're absolutely right, Marty. And you know, we tell home, that's why I started the organization, because the nonprofit, we educate homeowners on how to protect themselves from home repair scams. So I don't care what their question is. If they are don't know how to begin the process, if they're having questions once they're in, in the process and the contractor is telling them something they don't understand, or they don't know uh, how to set up payment schedules, regardless of what their question is, our nonprofit is there to assist them, and our services are free. Now, we do not recommend contractors. That's not what we do. We are a safe, unbiased place for the homeowner to go to get the information they need. And so while we don't recommend contractors, we do suggest that the homeowner, regardless of where they get the contractor from, that they vet that contractor because my co-worker's brother is a plumber or my pastor is a carpenter or, you know, we find that a lot of people get into trouble in these emotional relationships with their contractors. And then if something goes wrong, now all of a sudden there's a strain in the relationship. So we suggest that regardless of where you find a contractor, some say third-party referral services. Well, I'm not saying that those are not good places to find contractors, but you still want to vet the guy yourself because my thing is if something happens or goes wrong, are they going to give you your money back? That's the most important thing for me to explain to homeowners that regardless of where you get the contractor from, you need to vet them yourselves. I like contractors who are members of the major national organizations, i.e. NARI, National Association of the Remodeling Industry. Those kinds of organizations that not just ask for uh, membership fees, but they require, you know, code of ethics classes or continuing education classes, or you have to do so many hours of work to be a member, or you have to, you know, be in the business five years and in good standing. I mean, that make contractors jump through hoops 
to be a member. And let me just say there are a lot of excellent contractors out there. We are the biggest fan of those honest and legitimate contractors. But these bad guys, these dishonest contractors, give the industry a black eye. And Faye, you mentioned an organization called NARI. Do they have a, a website a database that's searchable for contractors in various geographic areas? They have, yeah, they have a list of their members. It's on their website. My assumption would be it's NARI, N-A-R-I dot org. They do have a list of their members, but that's no excuse not to still vet that contractor because he might have been a great guy two days ago, but now he's meth addict or he's going through a very painful and expensive divorce or he got sick and has, you know, astronomical medical bills. I mean, anything could happen. So you, he's only as good as your job. And that's why it's important to vet him before you begin your project. That is excellent advice, Faye, and I really appreciate what you're saying. And I want to be sure that our listeners know how to reach you. Your website is preventcontractorfraud.org. Absolutely. And then the toll-free number is 855-902-6100. That's it. Okay, great. And we will also put a link uh, on our website, scammercast.com, to Nary so that our listeners have access to that resource. It sounds like a very valuable one. Faye, I'm curious if there are any conclusions that you've drawn in your work in this area about the kinds of people that wind up being targets. We obviously know the elderly is a target. Are there any other groups of individuals that you've learned over the time frame can be targeted in this kind of scam or fraud? Absolutely. I mean, you have certainly your seniors are a big group, but they're also disaster victims. They are, we've done all the disasters except Katrina because we weren't born yet, but we did Hurricane Sandy. We did the tornadoes in Birmingham and Tuscaloosa in Alabama. We did the tornadoes last year in Illinois, and we did Joplin, Missouri. And I'm sure you remember Joplin was an amazing event event. It was it was just incredible the damage and the destruction. So people are trying to figure out how in the heck did I get out alive? They're really not focused or in tune with what these contractors are coming in to tell them. And so disaster victims get hit very hard. We have the physically impaired who can't get on the roof to see who have if they have damage or get in the crawl space to see if something is the the structure is cracking or you have first time home buyers who've never dealt with a contractor before they're used to calling you know the landlord and saying hey the pipe pipe burst i need you to come fix it certainly we women we're not well versed in construction trades practices so we get hit as well you have those who speak english as a second language they don't understand what's in the contract you know, it could really happen to anyone. I've had mayors who've been ripped off. I've had a police chief in New Jersey. He made me swear not to tell what town he was ripped off. We've had uh, certainly celebrities and doctors and lawyers and wealth managers all contact us after they have been victimized. So it can happen to anyone. There was a day when you could get three references and call the Better Business Bureau, and that was all you had to do. Well, that day is gone. You have to do that and so much more now. So say a little bit more about that, if you would, Faye. Talking about certifications and vetting a contractor, why is this so important? Why is it essential even to investigate people more thoroughly, and how do you recommend people do that? Well, you know, you need to research who you're getting married to nowadays. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? You know, employers, you know, they research potential employees. I mean, it's just the nature of the game nowadays, and you really need to know who's coming into your home because the easiest way for a thief to get into your home is to tell you he's a contractor. We had many people who have been ripped off by contractors coming into the house and stealing things or unlocking windows with the intent to come back and rob them later. We had a lady in Atlanta, Georgia, who two guys came to her house to look at the tree that fell on the deck in the backyard. And while one went in the backyard with her, the other one went in the front door she just came out of to rob her. So it, uh, you know, it's a, you're diff dealing with a different time now that you really need to pay attention to who is coming onto your property. 
Another thing that homeowners don't do is, you know, they'll have the contractor come in and he'll walk around and they'll go get on the phone or the computer or, you know, in the kitchen, and they're not paying attention to him as he's coming in to give an estimate or a quote. And this guy, you know, they, they're pulling things off the, you know, water heater or just doing different things to cause issues and then tell you that something is wrong. And you're not well-versed in this area, so you just assume that the contractor is telling you the truth. That ties right into a previous episode of our podcast. We had uh, police officer Melissa Doss, who uh, was a guest uh, on our podcast recently and talked about in-person scams and fraud. And, and all of those scenarios that you just painted are scenarios that she talked about. Uh, they really are. And it goes to that phenomenon that I've observed so many times, which is how the crooks layer scams and crimes. Uh, that may come in and steal your money for your home repair, but then they'll also help themselves to prescription drugs or your jewelry or your credit card information. I mean, they can lay all sorts of other problems on top of the basic one and just cause even more pain. Absolutely. And, you know, it's uh, identity theft. I mean, it's nothing for them to memorize the number, your Social Security number while you have your bank information up on your computer or, mm -hmm. you know, swipe your bank statement or your Social Security card that you left lying on the dresser. I mean... It, it just happens. It's so frustrating to get these kinds of calls because if we can get out there and educate people on what they need to do to protect themselves, then, you know, we have a better chance of protecting them from those exact situations. And I forgot to mention another group that is targeted as well, and that is the low-wealth communities because I don't care how many times you tell them the lowest bidder is not the best bidder. They're going to go with the lowest bidder because that's all they can afford. Their chances are they're on fixed incomes. Right. So what we do is we tell them, okay, if you're going to go with the lowest bidder, here's what you need to do to protect yourself. And that's why it's so important. And I thank you guys for having us on to help get the word out that there is support for them uh, specifically for home repair, contractor fraud, and scams. And then Again, I am appreciative that you guys are out there fighting the good fight as well. Well, thank you. Faye, I do have a question for you. I know that some of our listeners out there may think, well, I'm not going to have that problem because I always get a contractor that's bonded. Could you talk a little bit about is that true protection for them? And and if it is or is not, why that's the case? So you, yeah, it's amazing the people who, you know, they, oh, that'll never happen to me, or mm -hmm. you know, I don't have to. I don't have to deal with that. And they're the ones that come to the workshop and say, "I can't believe I did that." <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so, I hear that so much. So I absolutely, you know, agree with them being in a, a target market because, and it's because they have lives. That they have a wife and a car and a husband and a dog and 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 you know, a yard and and family trips and they have so many things going on that not they're not really paying attention to these guys. And one of the things that we talk about in our workshops and in the book is to homeowners is he'll tell you he's licensed and bonded. And your next question should be, well, what the heck does that mean? <laughs> because he'll say he's licensed, but he might be talking about a business license. Mm -hmm. And so, but that state may require a contractor's license. And so you want to ask him specifically, how are you licensed? And then you want to investigate that information to confirm that he's telling you the truth. And how do you do that? Uh, how, how do you check out whether the person is telling you the truth? Because you make a good point in your book. Just having a business license just means, okay, you, you have a business and you have to pay taxes in that state as a business. But it doesn't mean that you're actually licensed nor competent to do the work that you're supposed to be doing. So how do you check on that stuff? The easiest ways to do it is you can contact your building and zoning official, the department, whether it be the city or the county, and you can find out if he's licensed. You can call your licensure board and of that state and confirm that he's licensed. And usually the licensure boards will have that information on their website. But those are the first places to look to to confirm that he is, you know, has the specific licenses that he, that are required by the state. And then, if he doesn't have them, don't use him. Absolutely right. not. 
Just want to remind our listeners, we're visiting today with Faye Moore, the Executive Director of the National Center for the Prevention of Home Improvement Fraud. And Faye is giving us some great tips and information on how to protect ourselves and our senior loved ones from home improvement fraud. Faye, uh, I'm curious what your thoughts are. Obviously, the elderly, maybe there's some level of cognitive impairment as they get older. What's your best tip? or best advice to seniors themselves on how to protect themselves from home improvement fraud? Not to do anything before they contact us, or, or you guys. And I think that just to let them know that there, there's somebody out there to hold their hand through the process, I think that's the most important thing, to know that they're not by themselves. It is my hope that they have a caregiver, uh, a, a you know, son or daughter, or somebody's coming in, a nurse assistant or somebody that is has their best interest at heart, but to know that there are services out there for them is the most important thing. And then secondly, I would say that they not sign anything they don't understand or give any money up front. And so many people say, well, you know, the contractor wants a third up front. Well, I don't know this guy, so I'm not giving him my money. If he feels that you should have this some skin in the game, then I suggest giving absolutely no more than $1,000 down. Now, it's a, if it's a $500,000 project, that you know, then those are special circumstances. But unless he's flying your marble in from Italy, he's going right down to the local retailer to pick up your supplies. You can go meet him down there and pay for the supplies yourself instead of giving him a large chunk of money for materials that he needs for him to possibly take off with your money. And most legitimate contractors have a relationship with the local suppliers already that they can get the supplies through their account and then pay for them later. Here's the thing. If a homeowner gives a contractor money up front, most often than not, they ask for it for supplies, and that contractor does not pay the supplier, the supplier can file a lien against your home. And subcontractors and suppliers can file liens against your home if they are not paid. And that's one of the things, again, we cover in the book and in our workshops is that old switcheroo telling the contractor, I'll pay you when you give me the lien waivers so I can confirm that these people, the suppliers or the subcontractors are being paid. So that sounds like a case of uh, robbing Peter to pay Paul, huh? Yes, and that's where, and you know, and even some good contractors get into trouble that way because they take on too many jobs or, you know, there's just a host of reasons why they may ask you for money up front. But you got to, you got to think about it and say, you know, can I afford to lose, you know, $17,000? Can I afford to lose $60,000 giving money up front to somebody that I really don't know? I don't think so. Yeah, money's too hard to earn and save to blow it on some unscrupulous contractor. Absolutely. I'm not giving any money up front. I can tell you that. (laughs) All right. So, Faye, we need to go to a break right now. But for all of our listeners, you are listening to the ScammerCast. And we are talking today to Faye Moore, the executive director of the National Center for the Prevention of Home Improvement Fraud and the author of the terrific book that should be on everybody's bookshelf, Don't Even Think About Ripping Me Off. Faye will be right back. You're listening to The ScammerCast on the Two Guys Talking Podcast Network. It's time to take a break during this episode of The ScammerCast. Have you reviewed the other programs in our online archive? Listen to them via the complete archive at our website, scammercast.com. Help us to educate and protect our seniors. We'll be right back. Hello. Do you know who this is? Two guys talking the Matrix? Yes. It was a movie that smashed records, imaginations, and limits for gunfire inside of feature films. The Matrix, 1999, directed by the Wachowski brothers, was recently put squarely inside the crosshairs of the perspective review from Two Guys Talking. We talk about the hype, the money, the good, the bad, provide a rating, and discuss the franchise. Also, learn about all the great weapons utilized inside The Matrix from SovereignArms.com's Matt Gummersell, senior firearms instructor specializing in dynamic weapons training. 
Don't miss yet another record-breaking perspective review from Two Guys Talking. All this and more is waiting for you, as well as the decision to take the blue or the red pill. Over at twoguystalking.com forward slash matrix. It's the perspective review of 1999's The Matrix, only from Two Guys Talking. A recent study found that most older adults fear running out of money during their retirement years, even more so than their fear of death. A trust can be an effective way to manage and protect your assets while you are alive. Now, many folks believe that trusts are only for rich people. They are not. Midwest Trust Company of Missouri, located in Clayton, Missouri, offers professional trust management for clients all across the country. Using Midwest Trust is a great way to know that someone with experience and integrity will manage your wealth objectively. Naming Midwest Trust can provide you with peace of mind in knowing that you or your parents will not be exploited financially and lose all of the assets acquired during a lifetime of hard work. Midwest Trust will even work with you or your parents' own financial advisor. Don't let fear of running out of money drive your life. Contact Midwest Trust Company today by visiting the link to their website at scammercast.com. The discipline to grow, the strength of experience, the ability to adapt, values that endure. Midwest Trust. Looking for a straightforward user interface on a cost-effective feature-filled multi-track recording software? Call off the search! Mixcraft from Acoustica has exactly what you're looking for. It's time to include reliable audio creation and editing software with real punch into your projects. Check out Mixcraft now over at acoustica.com forward slash Mixcraft and start a new generation of audio creation and editing today. The movies have taken generations, young and old, by storm. Toy Story starring Tom Hanks and a voice cast that just will not quit, are ready to be reviewed by Two Guys Talking. Be sure to join me, Mike Wilkerson, and an array of guest hosts as we review each and every one of the beloved Toy Story franchise. One, two, and the most recent three. Only from Two Guys Talking. Greetings from behind the walls of the Castle of Common Sense. When I'm not driving righteous indignation down the throats of other common peasants, I listen to the Two Guys Talking Podcast Network. Welcome back to ScammerCast, your headquarters for the education and prevention of scams against our elders. Hi everyone, this is Curtis Bailey, your co-host here at ScammerCast.com, and we're so happy to welcome Faye Moore, the Executive Director of the National Center for the Prevention of Home Improvement Fraud. And we've been talking so far about various scams and fraud involved in home improvement contracting, and we'd love to tell our listeners, or have you tell our listeners, a little bit about your organization, how it got started, and why. Sure. Well, you know, as as we discussed earlier, my grandmother was victimized. And then I would see so often homeowners who were victimized, particularly seniors. And I remember in Atlanta, Georgia, I was watching the news and a lady came on and she said, it took me 77 years to learn not to give my money up front to a contractor. And wow. it, it just it, it just really shows how big of a deal this is. And I thought that, you know, it happened to my grandmother. I saw the senior on television. So I'm thinking that it's just seniors that it's happening to. And then, wow, I discovered that everybody is a possible victim, and including not only homeowners but small businesses because they know how to make donuts, they know how to make coffee, they don't know how to repair a a roof after a hailstorm. So it just has been such a wonderful opportunity for us to educate homeowners and those small victims and communities on what they need to do to protect themselves. And so our focus is any homeowner, potential homeowner, current homeowner, somebody who needs home repair or somebody 
um, has to who has to rebuild after a disaster or somebody who wants to replace the blue bathtub because it's not fashionable anymore. It doesn't matter if they have a home improvement or home repair project, we tell them, give us a call first or go on our website and educate yourself as to what you need to do before you hire a contractor so you at least, at the very least, minimize the chances of becoming a victim. And we hold workshops all over the country where we'll come in and we'll talk about everything like the building permitting process, what should and should not be in the contract, how to set up payment schedules so the guy can't rip you off, and everything in between. And we discovered that disaster victims were getting hit after every disaster. And so we now go into disaster areas. We work with the Red Cross or other community organizations, and we'll go in and we'll counsel those disaster victims one-on-one on their individual projects to help them through the process. We uh, train insurance special investigative units and law enforcement on the issue, and we speak nationally at different conferences around the country to make sure that we get the word out that these are some of the things that people need to do to protect themselves. So we've been we've been really, really busy. You really have. And, and I want to put in a completely enthusiastic plug for your book, because in your book, you have checklists and actual guidance for here's how much your project should cost and here's how much this should cost and here's how to check out different contractors. I mean, you really lay it out for people in a very clear, easy-to-use format. I mean, I'm envisioning people copying pages from your book to use to organize their research and and the vetting process as you you describe it. And that was a, a part of how I wanted to organize my book when I did it several years ago is lay it out in a way that's very user-friendly and practical, and I think you've done that, so kudos to you. Well, I really appreciate that, and I tried to compile everything that, you know, the typical things that I've seen out there over the years, so could give homeowners an opportunity to, at their own pace, to educate themselves, and it's just so, so critical. I just can't stress it enough that people need to educate themselves before they start hiring these guys. I mean, I have a a, a whole host of stories of nightmares that people have gone through, and they could have avoided them, avoided those those nightmares had they educated themselves prior to. Many people think that my first exposure to this whole ugly area was with my stepfather's scam back in 2009, but actually my parents were ripped off in 1997 when they still lived in Texas by an unscrupulous home repair contractor who was going through the neighborhood. And this goes to what we've talked about on ScammerCast, about never let yourself be chosen, always do the choosing. Mm -hmm. And he came to the front door and said, hey, I see that you've got cracks in the brick on the side of your home, because in South Texas, a lot of the homes are, are sided with brick. He said, that could be a sign of a serious problem. So do you mind if I take a look? And I don't know if it was my mom or my stepdad, but they said, sure, you know, go take a look. And then he trumped up the fear because he said, oh, yeah, you know, you've got a serious problem. And he, he came up with this idea that there was a problem with their sewer lateral line that goes from the house out to the sewer main line. And he ended up identifying a real problem. There, there was, in fact, a problem with the sewer line. But there wasn't a problem with the house. It was just normal settling that happens over time. And what should have been about a $10,000 job to replace that sewer line turned into a $60,000 disaster. And then the guy filed bankruptcy so that no one could go after him for any more of uh, their funds. And I consulted with a consulting engineer who said, oh, yeah, this happens all the time. They, they'll shut down one business and go set up another one and keep right on ripping people off. It's disgusting. That is exactly what they do. And I had a guy who won, a homeowner who won a $50,000 judgment, and all he's seen is $198 of it, and that was four years ago. Wow. So it just, it's not, I think that the most important thing, the number one thing that people need to know is he who controls the money controls the job. Contractor wants to get paid every two weeks, or we tell people don't pay based on time, pay based on performance. He rips out the cabinets and removes the debris and, and, you know, tears out the tile. Then you pay him $1,500. But that payment schedule absolutely must be detailed in your contract. 
you can't just withhold money from the guy because, you know, you're mad at him. I mean, you really yeah. have to have that information ironed out before the process begins. I mean, that's the safest way for you to protect yourself. And people start putting more money into the project and the contractor hasn't completed enough of the job to warrant that amount of money. And that's where a lot of people get into trouble. I have a question for you. And this is something that hit me personally last year as well. I hired a contractor to redo my basement. When we had it all hammered out and everything was good, when he went to put the toilet into the new bathroom, there was seepage under our house. And so he went out, hired a subcontractor to help work on the plumbing and find the problem. And it was very similar. It was kind of the lateral line. I have an old home, so it probably never been replaced. Yeah, that and was the was, deal with my, fa- my yeah. parents' house. Yeah. And it was just, it was almost, you could push, you could actually push on the on the pipe and it would kind of cave in and everything. So it did need to be replaced. That was not the problem. But I personally was not happy with the subcontractor's work. I think the contractor's been fantastic, but I wasn't happy with the subcontractor's work because there were other things that he did with drainage that I feel were not complete. And is our recourse then back to the contractor? Because I have this subcontractor, of course, that could, as you said, file a lien. Do we go through the contractor to figure all that out? How does that work? Well, there, was there any was there any kind of change order where you added an addendum to the contract that you had with the contractor as to who was responsible? Who was responsible for paying the subcontractor? Did you did you get the opportunity to vet the subcontractor yourself? One of the things that we tell people is you need to know everybody that's coming on your property, mm-hmm. everyone, right. and and they need to each be vetted just like the contractor because if the contractor is not, if he's dishonest, then anybody else coming on the property, it, you know, chances are he's not going to make sure that that person is unscrupulous as well. So, right. uh, so you need to vet everyone that comes on your property. I don't care, subcontractor, electrician, plumber, it doesn't matter. You need to know who these people are as well. And that's another situation where a lot of homeowners get into trouble is they automatically assume that the contractor, the GC or the general contractor is going to take care of everything. And the actual quality control manager of the project really is the homeowner. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, you know, in my situation, it's kind of funny. It was his brother. It was your brother? It was his brother. Oh, well, the contractor's of course, brother. Of All the more reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of course. Uh, you know, Faye, in, in the new home construction arena, oftentimes the lender is acting as an escrow agent, you know. And so various, at various milestones when a new home is being built, then the contractor can get payment usually directly from the construction loan lender. Mm-hmm. Obviously, in the remodeling world, escrow agents aren't used that often because they're smaller projects. But as I'm hearing you talk about, you know, he who controls the money controls the, controls the work, what, what are your thoughts on using an escrow agent to, to handle the money for even these smaller projects? Well, I think in any instance, you know, an escrow agent is fine. Certainly, you you want to vet an escrow agent as well. I mean, if it's a, you know, reputable company that's already in existence and has a reputation, um, that's one thing. But again, you got to remember, handing your money to somebody else, you know, what are the chances of you losing that money? With so many different post-Bernie Madoff, era, you really need to be careful as to who you give your money to. And quite frankly, I like homeowners who hold on to their money and control the project. Because if you control the project, that contractor works for you. It's your house, your money, your project. So you are in control. And you need to, if you put the money off to the side, who's making sure that the job is done correctly? You know, that, that, you know, comes into effect as well. The contractor can finish the job and then, you know, the escrow company or or you can pay that contractor. But have you had that job inspected, uh, i.e., you mentioned new construction. More often than not, you should have, as a, as a new purchaser, you should have an inspector come in at different intervals as the house is being built to inspect to make sure that everything is, number one, being built to code, but number two, making sure that everything is built properly. We have a 
new builder who uh, 100 homeowners are having structural issues with their properties by this one builder. So um, you want to have an inspector come in at different intervals. Well, that can be adapted in the in the remodeling or the repair industry as well. If you have a large enough job, I say anything, you know, 5000 you know, and up, you really want to consider getting a third-party code-certified inspector to come in to make sure that everything is being, number one, built to code, but done right. And actually, I like a contractor who exceeds code. And that way, it's kind of a reassurance for the homeowner that it's okay to pay the guy. But you pay the guy, and then I'll tell you a good story. Homeowner, young homeowner, brand new homeowner, got her new house, loved it. One day she went upstairs, went in the extra bathroom, turned on the water, water went everywhere. So she calls, she sees a plumber's sign on the side of the road, and she calls him. He comes out, he goes upstairs, he says, oh, I can handle this for you, it'll be 800 bucks. She said, okay, great. She goes downstairs, plays with the kids. He's upstairs working. He leaves. He tells her it's done. She pays him. He leaves. Two weeks later, when her family comes to visit, they turn the water on, and water goes everywhere. He put garden hoses where the pipes were supposed to be. Oh, come on. So all she had to do (laughs) was go upstairs and look under the cabinet, and she would have seen the green garden hose. Oh, wow. But she didn't do that. So that's why I say it's important for homeowners to be very involved in their project. You should have a meeting of the minds with the contractor before you even get started. Because not only do you want to have an understanding of what the project is, but who's going to clean up the cigarette butts at the end of the project? Good question. Know, where are you guys going to go to the bathroom? Yeah, very you true. Know, where are you going to park your cars? What, what do I need to do with my pet? You know, it, yeah. you need to have a meeting of the minds with the contractor so you can have a clear understanding of the project and then have the support of a third-party inspector. I think that, to me, is more important than an escrow account, although an escrow account is never, I don't think, is a bad idea. We do it in every other real estate transaction. Faye, I'm wondering if there are any newer uh, scams or frauds that you're seeing in the uh, home improvement arena these days. Well, yeah, there are. And one of them is contractors will are now looking in the obituary in the newspaper and they're getting the funeral and it's usually you know male that passed away and he's a senior and so they follow the family car back to the house to see where the senior lives by herself Uh, the new widow lives by herself and they go knock on her door and they tell her you know that they see from the street that, you know, her house is leaning to one side, and that's an exaggerated term, but, and they, you know, tell her you've got to do something right away, and, you know, she's just gone through an emotional situation, so she uh, she believes them, and then she, she hands them a check for $5,000 to get started, and then she never hears from them, and then the issue with seniors is they don't report it. They don't want you to think for a second that they cannot take care of themselves. Right, And that is why it's so important to get this information to seniors before they hire the contractor. Another thing we see, I think we were in Illinois, and there were contractors who would call or come by your house and say that it looks as though your chimney is not uh, code compliant, and uh, we're with the city, and here are the three contractors that the city has approved to do the job. Larry, Moe, and Curly, right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And call one of these contractors, and it's not the city. The city would not contact you that way. So those are some of the newer scams, but one of the biggest scams for seniors, uh, especially after a hailstorm, they'll come in and they'll tell you, I'll give you a free roof inspection. And you're thinking, oh, man, that's great. And they'll tell you, I need you to sign this document. It's a waiver of liability that authorizes me to go on your on your roof so my insurance company knows that you authorized me to go up there and they sign it and he comes goes on the roof comes down and then he tells them the document that you signed says you have to use my services or pay me fifteen hundred dollars 
Oh, come on. So it and that happens repeatedly. So it's just it's amazing as I mentioned earlier, gone are the days of just getting three references and calling the Better Business Bureau. I mean, I'm not even a fan of references. I'm not. I mean, you're only going to give me your best references. Yeah. You're never going to give That's me right. the one where you <laughs> took advantage of a homeowner and never went back to finish the job. You're not going to give me that reference. So when people start asking for references, they need to ask for references of the last three to six jobs. So he can't cherry pick the references that he gives you. Well, how how do you check somebody out then? Let's say that you don't use references anymore and you've talked a lot about vetting people. Uh, do you do criminal background searches or, or do you go online and put in the name of the person or the company and then the word complaint? How do, how do you do your vetting? What would be the best way to do your homework? Well, I think the first way, the, the first thing to do is, you know, get online and Google or, or Bing or one of the search engines and put in the guy's name, the name of his company and see if anything pops up. There are a lot of, um, now a lot of the court systems have information online. If there are anything criminal on that contractor can be listed online. You also can contact your Secretary of State to verify that the contractor has been in business and verify how long he's been in business and if he operated any other companies under his name. You can contact your Attorney General's office to see if there have been any complaints filed. Certainly your, your Better Business Bureau, but when you're checking the Better Business Bureau, you want to check the Better Business Bureau in surrounding states because he may have ripped off 30 people in Kansas and hasn't gotten to Missouri yet. You certainly want to, you can contact your building and zoning department uh, to get to see if there's any information on them there. Your licensure board, if, if the state requires a specific contractor's license, and you know, you can start there. Faye, do you find that online services such as Angie's List or you know, in the restaurant world is probably Yelp, you know, where, where customers can post reviews. Do you find those to be helpful sources of information? I think you can consider them helpful sources of information, but I don't think you should rest your hat there. I think that you still need to vet every contractor in, you know, 106 ways. Hmm. And it's it's funny because people say all the time, well, that's just a lot of work to do you know, before I just hire somebody to come in and do such and such. And I tell them, well, you know, I've got a lady from Alabama two years after the tornado. She's still not back in her house, and she's still having issues with the contractor two years after the tornado. So it's, you're either going to do the work up front or you're going to do it in the end. And when you do it in the end, the possibilities of you, you know, getting uh, what you want out of it are, are slim to none because you've already signed a contract, you already paid the guy, you know, you've already gone through the nightmare, and you don't necessarily want that same guy to come in and redo the work. So it's important to get that information uh, before you hire somebody. I just cannot stress that enough. And I, I think I'm a good voice for that, because I've seen and heard over the past six years 101 reasons why people should do the work up front first. That's an excellent point, and I would recommend also, again, that people get a copy of your book. Don't even think about ripping me off. Faye, tell our listeners how they can get a copy of your book and, and how it supports your organization. Well, 100% of the proceeds goes back to our nonprofit because the object of the game is to self-support so we can reach more homeowners, so we can help more people avoid becoming victims of fraud and scams, and they can also purchase the book on Amazon and uh, and Barnes and Nobles online. And we will certainly post links to uh, all of the ways that uh, our listeners can access your book and access you. Besides your website, what is the best way to contact you, Faye? And and maybe some of our listeners would be interested in a presentation by you or a seminar. Certainly, they can reach us at uh, 855-902-6100, or they can go on to our website at preventcontractorfraud.org, and there's a contact form, and they can let us know how we can be of service. You know, Faye, um, the one thing, I'm just going to make a final comment, but I really like your approach to this because you're really empowering the homeowner. 
you're really giving them the tools and the skills so that they can make their decisions and, and do everything they need to do. And I think, you know, it's much different than somebody just coming in and doing it for them. You're truly, truly empowering them with your resources. And I think it, it, my clients will absolutely love it. So I'm really excited to start referring people to your organization. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Well, I think two of the most important things, don't give money up front and don't sign anything you don't understand. Great. Why I think if guys... we start there, then we yeah, can help yeah. protect people um, from becoming uh, victims. And thank you. I'm looking forward to the relationship as well. And I just think it's so important for homeowners to know that he who controls the money controls the job. If you can start there, you will do fairly well. And you also want to be your own quality control manager when it comes to any project involving your home. And you have to say the book the right way. And the way you say it is, don't even think about ripping me off. (laughs) That's great. I love that. All right. So don't even think about ripping me off. All right. Good, good. Well, Faye, this has been a pleasure to have you uh, with us today, and we look forward to visiting with you in the future. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening today. This is Curtis Bailey, one of your hosts on ScammerCast.com. And this is Art Maines, another of your hosts on ScammerCast.com. Thanks for listening today. And I'm Marty Gurley, your third co-host at ScammerCast.com. And until next time, help us hammer the scammers. Thanks for listening to this episode of the ScammerCast, your headquarters for education and protection of our elderly from scams worldwide. Be sure to visit us at ScammerCast.com, where you can send us your stories and tips, as well as send your feedback, and visit our Facebook presence. Thank you for listening to this episode, and until next time, hammer the scammers! The information we share in this podcast is meant for informational and educational purposes only and should never substitute for appropriate legal, financial, or medical advice from qualified professionals. Always consult with an attorney, physician, or financial professional for the correct guidance for your particular situation.